bonus bonus episode. Welcome to the Duct Tapes. I'm your host, John Hoppenthal. However, on today's episode, I won't be doing much hosting, really just an introduction, because instead of an interview today, we are going to give you a talk that was given to us by James Snell at a recent meetup in Orange County which, as loyal duckheads know, is the home base of the Duck Pond. At a recent meetup, Node.js.oc, James Snell came by and gave a talk about HTTP3 and QUIC, the acronym QUIC without a K, um, which are two topics that if you asked me to explain, I would probably give you a blank stare as foam slowly dripped out of my mouth. However, James has a very uncanny ability to take complex topics and make them understandable to the everyman, to the layman, to the duckhead. So, um, if you don't know about James Snell, he is the head of research at Nearform and a former board director of the Node.js TSC, and he had a large hand in the HTTP2 implementation, which, again, I know that's important and impressive, but if you asked me to explain what it meant, I couldn't get very far. I would just say that I know that it probably involves the internet. Anyway, this talk was really interesting. Follow James on Twitter, J.A. Snell. Go to nodejsoc.com to get more info about the meetup and the talks and see when the next meetup is. And hopefully we can get you the other talk um, as another bonus episode pretty soon. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, and make sure and tune in next week because we will have Gant Laborde coming to the Duck Pond to talk about my favorite topic, React Native. But we also talk about uh, progressive web apps, uh, React Native meetups, working in an agency, a bunch of different stuff. Gant's great. So see you guys next week and enjoy this talk from James. All right. So hello, I'm James. Um, J.A. Snell, pretty much everywhere, Twitter, GitHub. Um, I am head of uh, research at Nearform. Uh, specifically, uh, we just recently created a new group called uh, Nearform Research. It's, uh, Nearform itself is a really a services company, but we use so much open source, right? And we've and we've been so active in the open source community. We decided to formalize that. Uh, Nearform Research it is an R and D group, uh, but instead of focusing on uh, just developing proprietary IP for Nearform's own use, what we focus on is open source uh, technologies for the good of the entire ecosystem. So it is really kind of you know that you know you know, putting, putting action to that philosophy of giving back to open source. Uh, we, you know, Nearform derives so much benefit from the open source community. Uh, the, the company grew out of, of open source. Uh, that it really is a corporate imperative for us to make sure that we are giving back. And if any of you, you know, do work for companies that are using open source, I, I, I strongly, you know, suggest just stop and think about how much value your company is deriving from open source, and then try to think about how much of that value is actually making it back to the authors, to the maintainers. Usually, it's very, very little, right? 
And we need to start figuring out ways of, you know, sponsoring that work, giving back to that work. You know, the, the, the experiment that Frost did a few, you know, months ago, it was disruptive, but it was like, he was trying, right? Trying something. We need to do more of that, right? So I strongly encourage you, and in, in, I love the talk. Uh, it was fantastic. All right, so um, it was a funny story. About a year ago, um, I was sitting on my couch uh, writing some code, and my, my, my youngest, my 14-year-old, you know, he's, he's taught himself like four programming languages in two years. You know, the, you know it's, he likes to sit there and write code. So he always comes up and asks me what, I, what I'm working on. And, you know, he comes up and asks, you know, hey, you still working on HP2? I'm like, no, I'm working on HP3. He's like, well, didn't you just finish two? I'm like, yeah. And, you know, things move on. So I'm going to talk about HP3 in Node and uh, specifically a protocol called Quick. All right. All right. So quick recap. Um, HP2 in Node. Uh, we introduced this in core back in 2017. Um, very familiar API, very you know, straightforward. You, you know, require HP2 new module, create a server. To, you know, tell it to listen for something, right? It's familiar API, sports multiplexing, push streams, flow control, all of the stuff you can, you know, you know all of the new wonderful features of HP2, except you can't actually use it. So why can't we actually use it? Well, if you're talking from a node server to another node server, right? Or, no, you know, node instance to a uh, node instance, it works great. So if you're, you know, if you're talking about, you know, if you're all running in a single AWS cluster, right? Right, it all works fine. The problem, though, is when you actually want to do something more useful with it, right? So all of the browsers, you know, they're out there, you know, even on the phones, right? You know, the phones have actually had HP2 for quite a while. Uh, those can talk to your middle boxes like Nginx, no problem, right? HP2 connection works there, works fabulously. You can launch your, your, your Chrome Dev Tools and you can see that, you know, hey, there's HP2 traffic going on there. The problem is Nginx and pretty much every other middle box provider out there will not speak HP2 back from it, right? It'll only support HP1. So standard practice, whenever you put node out on the server, who, who, who puts node directly out on the internet, right? You, you know, with nothing in front of it? Good, thank you for not raising your hand. Never actually expose a node server directly to the internet, please. Uh, you always wanna have something like an Nginx in front of it. Right, uh, especially if you're doing any kind of TLS, any kind of security, secure connections, Node just is not a great uh, endpoint for doing uh, uh, encrypted connections. Right, uh, but because we can't actually talk from Nginx back to Node over HP2, you can't actually use it. Right, you can only have the Node Node stuff back here or node stuff up here talking HP2 to, uh, to each other. So it really limits the use and utility of the, uh, of the protocol. But what was some of the other problems with it? HP1, and this is one of the, the key things, you know, if you, if you ever go back to, you know, to the, um, just basic, you know, HP101, right? Um, it's stateless, right? Uh, it's just you're sending messages back and forth from one message to the other. You're not, you know, there's no state that you have to maintain. HP2 completely changed that, right? HP2 became a stateful protocol in one very specific aspect. HP2 has a header compression protocol, right? So in HP1, when you send headers back and forth with your message, typically you're sending a huge amount of wasted repetitive content. Imagine how many times, for instance, you're sending your user agent string with every request. 
right? Or with every response, you're getting this date header back. Well, a date header in HP1 is 29 bytes every time, right? And it's being sent back with every request, right? So there's a huge amount of wasted uh, space in HP1 traffic just with sending headers. So with HP2, someone had the idea, let's use header compression. Okay, let's compress those things down. Let's send less data when we're sending headers back and forth. The idea to do that was to use a delta encoding. And what a delta encoding is, is I'm gonna send you one piece of data now, and then the next time I send you something, I'm only gonna send you the difference. And if I'm reusing anything I sent you before, I'm just gonna tell you, hey, use the header I already sent, all right? Well, unfortunately, that requires maintaining state, right? And it's state that has to exist at every hop in your network, all right? So from your client to your middle boxes, however many middle boxes you have, right? And you're in, in your origin server. You have to maintain that state at every place. And with HP2, they said, we're not just gonna do this once, you have to maintain two state tables, one for each direction, all right? What this ended up doing is creating a significantly higher resource consumption at the middle box layer. All of these middle boxes are designed to just take a, a packet of data, do a quick scan on it, and forward it along as quickly as possible. With HP2, however, they actually have to grab it, decompress the headers. You know, if, if there's TLS, they have to decrypt, then decompress, then look through the headers. And with HP2, there was a little trick, you know, because the headers can be in any order, right? to find the ones that you actually need to do the routing, right? They had to put a, they had to cheat a little bit and say those had to come at the front of the list, but you still have to decompress the entire thing. And you cannot ignore it. You have to decompress the entire block of headers whether you're gonna do anything with the message or not, okay? Now, imagine this combined with all of the multiplexing where you can send, you know, uh, any number of connections over a single TCP, a single, any number of requests over a single HTTP connection. Right, you end up maintaining a ton of state where you didn't have to maintain state before. So all the middle box uh, developers said, screw that, we're not doing it. Right, so they do it on the front end because the browsers basically force them to. They will not do it on the back end. Makes HP2 significantly less useful. But there is a larger problem. And that's TCP head of line blocking, all right? So TCP protocol, right? HP sits on top of TCP. TCP takes these messages, right? Divides them up into a bunch of individual packets. Those packets are sequenced, okay? TCP is a strictly ordered uh, uh, protocol. That means, you know, you have one, two, three, each one of these is labeled, right? They have a sequence. When those are sent, the first one has to be successfully received before the next one can be processed, all right? So if you have any kind of packet loss, if you have any kind of latency, it blocks everything else. You lose a TCP packet, everything else, all of the network traffic on that connection has to wait until you send that one that got lost. And it has to be acknowledged before you can continue sending the next one, all right? With HP1, the impact of this is minimal, right? You're only sending one request and response over the connection at a time. So if one packet gets lost, you're only blocking one request and one response, right? With HP2, you can have any number of requests and responses flowing at any given time. 
All right? So what happens if one of those TCP packets gets lost? How many connections are you, are you blocking then? How many requests and responses are you blocking? Right. Okay, it goes up significantly. This was kind of a, um, an unintended consequence. This was something that, that, that had not been anticipated. If you look at long distance connections, specifically um, uh, ones that are either uh, very unreliable, mobile connections or, you know, some, or, you know, or networks that are in, in not very well developed countries, or just long distance connections going over the Atlantic, right? With HP2 traffic, you see significantly higher latency in packet loss issues than you would with HP1. And the protocol that was supposed to be faster and solve all kinds of head of line blocking and all these kind of things, you know, these kind of issues with HP ends up just making it worse, but in a different way and at a lower level. So HP2 is out there. Everyone's using it. It's great. You know, I recommend if you, if you, if you can find uses for it, go use it. You know, and and the, the effort we, did, we took to actually get it implemented in Node was, you know, it was a very worthwhile effort, even though it's not super useful right now. But we needed a way to actually resolve some of these issues. Um, so we don't forget about it, but utility will be limited, and that's where Quick comes in. All right? Um, Quick is a UDP-based transport protocol. All right? Um, if, if, if you know, you've probably heard about UDP at some point back in CS, you know, kind of thing. Um, it, it's the thing that you know, tons of jokes are told about it, right? You know, I tell you a UDP joke, you wouldn't get it. It's very unreliable, right? Uh, it, it is not uncommon for UDP-based um, uh, uh, protocols to just be considered kind of toy protocols, right? Or very, very specialized protocols. The the, the working group that has been working on HP3 decided to go with, with this for one very, very specific reason. UDP packets are not ordered. They are completely independent of one another, right? You can send 100 of them. If one of them gets lost, it, does, it has no effect on the other 99. You just resend the one that got lost, right? But how do you know that that one got lost? If you look at UDP just in general, as it's currently defined, there's no sequencing, there's no acknowledgement, there's no reliability, there's no flow control. If something gets lost, you just simply do not know that it got lost, okay? That is where Quick comes in. But the nice thing is no head of line blocking. We completely um, eliminate it, right? You know, there's n there is no line there, okay, in the protocol, so we completely get rid of that. So what does Quick do? Quick adds error handling. So if a packet gets lost, we know, it get, we, we know it got lost. How does it do that? Every packet has an acknowledgement packet. So I send it, I'm gonna get an acknowledgement back. Unlike TCP though, those are not sequenced. I can keep sending everything else while I'm waiting for that acknowledgement. If I don't get it within a reasonable period of time, I assume it's lost and I'll resend that one packet, okay? Uh, every one of those packets has a sequence number. So I can receive, theoretically, I could receive the entire sequence in reverse and still be able to put it back together logically, all right? Uh, it, they can come in a random order and I could still uh, put it back together. Now there's some limits there with the flow control that's added. One of the other challenges with UDP is that it's extremely easy to flood the network uh, with, all this, with all this information. So Quick adds TCP-like flow control that says, okay, you can only send me this much at a time, 
right? Okay, I've, I've consumed that, send me a bit more, all right? There's the built-in encryption. This is a nice one. T uh, Quick actually builds in the T uh, TLS 1.3 handshake directly into the protocol. So it's not uh, this additional layer on top. It's built into the actual uh, uh, establishment of the connection. So when you start a quick flow, it starts with a series of TLS uh, uh, and handshake packets. Uh, once those uh, uh, basically establish the secret, then it transitions into what's called the application flow. Right, you know, and you start sending, start sending application traffic. You cannot separate those. You cannot have quick without TLS. It is built into the protocol, uh, so you have that encryption. It is no longer optional in any way. Uh, that has caused some headaches that I'll get into later. Um, and we have bidirectional and unidirectional streams. So one of the cool new features of HTTP2 was push streams. The server could initiate a push, right? Um, it's always been kind of questionably useful because the server doesn't know what to push or when to push it. So the best practice right now is, eh, just go ahead and do it, right? Um, the, the client will, will cancel it if, if, if you're not using it, but it does end up being some more, uh, uh, so, uh, you're trading off bandwidth usage right there. With Quick, we have this, this idea of unidirectional streams, um, which is basically the same basic idea. The server can initiate a stream back to the client without the client asking for it. Uh, with HP3, that's used in a couple of different ways, uh, primarily as a control channel. And I'll get into that a little bit later. All right. All right. So, quick in Node. Um, here's the, the simple version of it, right? The, uh, we've been working on the API. It is a work in progress. And when I say a work in progress, I mean we're breaking it daily, literally. <laughs> um, I, I, it was about two months ago. I asked for, uh, we're, we're using a, a library called NGTCP2 um, by a fantastic uh, guy in, in Japan, Tatsuhiro san. Absolutely amazing engineer. Um, uh, his, his, he, it was his library that we used for HP2, and pretty much everybody's using it. Pretty much everybody's using his version of the Quick implementation right now as well. Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal developer. So I asked him to add one API to ng-tcp2, which is still a work in progress. The spec is still a work in progress. He's like, yeah, no problem. I added it, here you go, update, and you got it. Well, I, what I didn't know when I updated is he had changed every other API as well. Completely broke everything <laughs> we wrote. Uh, in particular, the TLS handshake. Uh, when I started, have you all heard the, the phrase yak shaving? Right, when you start one process, and it leads you, to, you know, you have to do something else to, you know, it takes you to a different task, and it takes you to a different task. Well, fixing this, you know, adding this one API ended up um, leading me to patch OpenSSL. Um, so we have, we had to, to, we were originally using a patched version of, uh, version of OpenSSL. Tatsuhiro changed which patched version he was using. Now we're using a set of APIs that were written for boring SSL that were backported to OpenSSL 3. But in Node, we use OpenSSL 1.1.1. So I had to backport the backport to 1.1.1. And that was fun. Uh, so adding one API, and then it was just for error handling, ended up being a new version of OpenSSL uh, for Node. So that, that, that's, that's fun. So that's, that's some of the things of working with open source that's still a work in progress. But we got it working again. And this will set up a basic quick server for you. All right? Now the one thing you're looking here is, you know, what about HP3? All right? Mm HP3 -hmm. is an application protocol that sits on top of quick. Right? Quick is the transport protocol. You can use Quick without having anything to do with HP. 
in any way. Right? So the nice thing about this implementation in Node is you will be able to create your own protocols on top of Quick. Okay? Uh, it'll take full advantage of, er of, of all the features uh, of Quick. You'll have uh, um, you know, the, the TLS built in, you'll have the uh, unidirectional streams, everything else, but you can use it for whatever you want. Right? And we're actually going to have additional protocols in Node, not just HP3, that use Quick. Right? Um, uh, right now I'm working on an experimental version of the inspector protocol uh, that uses, instead of WebSockets, that it uses Quick. Uh, yeah, so there's different things that we'll be able to do with it uh, that, that, that are pretty interesting. Uh, it, it's pretty straightforward. You know, so you create a socket. This socket is a UD, local UDP socket. It, to a, it binds to a local UDP port on your system. Uh, you, tell it, you can tell it to either listen as a server, or you can tell it to act as a client, or you can do both. Right? You, can, you, can, you can do both at the same time. All right? You give it some basic uh, parameters. Here, we're telling it what port to listen on. We're giving it the, uh, the TLS um, uh, details, the key, the certificate, uh, certificate authority information. All right. It's going to hold on to that, and with this, anytime it receives a request from a client to create a new uh, connection, it's going to use that. You know, it's going to use that information, and then it's going to call this socket on session. It's going to give you what's called a quick session object, and this quick session object is really only useful for one thing: creating or receiving streams. Okay, the stream, the quick stream, is basically just a node duplex. So if you're familiar with streams within Node, right, is, you know, it is an object that you can use to read data, write data, okay? Very, very simple, very, very straightforward. Uh, with Quick, it's a stream is just a flow of data, right? There's no headers, there's no, uh, there's no structure to the data at all. It's just, here's a stream of data. HTTP3 adds the headers, okay? Uh, on the Quick stream object, you say you'll be able to create your own protocols with this. There's going to be an option that if you want to create a protocol that has headers, right? There's going to be a way of, of, of creating that and emitting those and working those in. We're going to have a, basically a hook there where you can, be, you, know, you, you can specify what the headers are using a common API and translate those into what the actual underlying serialization is. HP3, that's exactly what we're doing, right? We're basically using those APIs and under the covers, we are creating, uh, you know, doing the mapping back to how HP3 handles headers, all right? Now, it's still using a stateful header compression, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's different. With HP2, it was called HPAC. With Quick, it's called QPAC. Um, they, they, they had to create a, a, a new one specifically because of the way Quick works. And with HP3, what it's going to do is actually, it creates the session, then it creates what's called a control channel, and then two header, header channels. Control channel is basically for things like um, connection management, right? Uh, and then the two header channels, one is inbound uh, uh, headers, the other is outbound headers, right? It goes back to the stateful, you know, when we're talking about HP2, the stateful, it has two tables that it has to maintain. With Quick, you have these two unidirectional streams that are created for managing that, that state, right? So there's a bit more complexity under the covers with HP3, but hopefully most of it will be completely hidden from you and you won't care, right? It's just there. All right, but the server itself, pretty simple. Um, creating the, the, the client, it's equally simple. Instead of calling socket listen, you call socket connect, and that's gonna give you back a session object, 
right? And it's going to be the exact same session object. Uh, it's just a quick session object. And you use that to create a stream. We have an API called OpenStream. All right, you get that. You start writing data to it. You can create that as a unidirectional or a bidirectional stream. All right, the API has been designed to be as simple as possible. It gives you full access to everything Quick can do without any yeah, complexity if you're fami already familiar with using Node, uh, using Node for servers. Uh, uh, again, Quick does not equal AP3. It is a layer on top. Um, so we have the IP, UDP. The really nice thing about this uh, is that there are no modifications to UDP at all, right? So on the, on the network, quick traffic looks just like any other UDP traffic, right? So you can pass it around, you can route it around, do whatever you want with it. Uh, there is still routing information that, uh, uh, at the UDP layer and the quick layer that is still completely transparent or, or basically completely visible to middle boxes. So middle boxes, unlike with HP2, where they have to unpack, un, you know, uh, you know uh, decompress the entire message in order to be able to do anything with it. With Quick, uh, they can just look at the Quick header and the UDP header and determine where that thing needs to go, right? And they don't actually have to look at any of the headers, uh, you know, for the HTTP request. They don't care, right? It is complete uh, visibility at this layer to do anything that the network needs to do for routing, uh, load balancing, that kind of thing. All right. Uh, the other nice thing is you can, like I said, you can completely erase this, replace it, do whatever you want with it. You can just use Quick as it is, or you can create new protocols on top of it. Mm -hmm. So, pretty nice. Um, let's see the progress on it. Um, the work is underway. We've been working on this for just under a year. Uh, we are working at it all out in the open. Uh, so if you go, this, you know, GitHub.com Node.js Quick. Uh, that's the repository that we're using. Uh, it's going to be as, uh, submitted as an experimental PR at the end of this month. Um, uh, there's still a lot of progress to be made. Uh, yeah, I can't claim that it's going to be fully operational when we uh, uh, open that PR, but we want to get, we want to kind of merge it into the mainstream um, with, with Node uh, very, very soon. It is a very complex piece of code, uh, and it, it's getting harder and harder to keep it up to date <laughs> with, with the, the current versions of Node. So instead of working on it separately, we want to bring it in. Uh, working on large features separately in a separate repo is something we do uh, frequently within Node. That's how we did HP2. That's how we did worker threads, um, you know, quite a few things. Uh, we do it that way to, to ease disruption on the mainstream, but after a while, we got to bring them together. All right. Uh, the work is being sponsored by Nearform and Protocol Labs. I definitely got to thank Protocol Labs uh, uh, for, for basically sponsoring my time on this. But again, it, it, it's, been, it, it's been hit or miss. There's still a lot of stuff to do, right? And the, the, the spec is not even expected to be done until later this year, uh, hopefully, um, if they hit their target. The code library that we're using, NGTCP, uh, won't stabilize until maybe about a month or two after that, right? And then our node implementation is likely going to be experimental for at least a year. Uh, while we work out all the details. And it's not so much the underlying protocol implementation, it's making sure that all of the APIs on top uh, are, are exactly what they need to be, that they're usable, that they're clear, they're concise, they're familiar. Uh, but also, uh, make sure there's no security issues. Um, I don't know if you, you know, if you pay attention to HP2, earlier this summer, there was a massive uh, security issue with HP2. Came out that every single implementation out there had exactly the same set of vulnerabilities um, with, a, with a, a series of denial of service attacks. 
that were basically completely missed in the specification. You know, everyone that implemented, you know, just kind of completely overlooked that these that these uh, these, these flaws existed. And it, and it all had to come down with how data was being processed in an HP2 connection. Well, we want to make sure that those kind of things aren't happening here, so we don't have that similar kind of issue. So we're actually building in a number of security uh, capabilities into the quick implementation that don't exist currently within Node. You'll be able to do things like uh, actively track the data flow, right, your, your, your rate of transfer, so you can see if a particular connection, if, you, if an attacker is sending you headers very, very slowly. You'll be able to detect that and respond actively, right? Uh, it, you'll be able to see if, uh, if you're being flooded, right, um, with, a, with a ton of you know, certain type of packets or whatever else. We're going to be able to track those things. Uh, and those are actually going to be exposed. It's, an, it's not a capability that, that has existed in Node that will be part of the quick implementation. So adding those features is what's really going to kind of take, you know, make it take a little bit longer to get quick out of experimental. All right, um, come help us. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it is a lot of work right now. Um, there's probably about four or five of us that have been working on this. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I've got a couple of them on my team at, at, at Nearform that, 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 are, that are helping uh, on this. Um, but they also are working on other things. Uh, so if you're looking at projects to contribute to, right? Um, I, I would love to, you know, kind of walk you through and, you know, kind of get bootstrapped on this or any part of Node. Uh, I, I do a thing, um, basically one for, for probably about an hour a week I dedicate to helping mentor people in the community. If you have something, you, if you have questions about open source, if you have, you know, uh, if you just want to kind of walk through and just say, hey, help me understand something. You can schedule some uh, some time with me, and I'll just kind of walk you through whatever it is. So if it's, if you want to open a pull request on Node, let me know. I'll help you walk, open a pull request on Node. You can reach out to me on uh, um, JA Snell on Twitter. You can reach out to me anytime on that, and I'm happy to do that. Uh, I love helping folks get started with with contributing to open source, and it doesn't have to be Node; it can be anything, uh, any project. Um, you know, feel free to hit me up. Um, and that's basically it. Like I said, it was a, it's a quick talk. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot to it. I can demo a few things um, if you want. Um, I mean, it's just going to be text on the screen, but if you want to see it, we can. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. All right. Let's switch over here. I'm going to have to uh, increase my font size here a little bit. All right. To give you an idea of just how big this has been, though, um, this is, so, so Node is a mix of C, C++, and JavaScript. Right, most of it, you know, most of what is in there is all C++. So we have, how many files we have? So we have Node Quick Crypto. This is all the the, the crypto code. And this is not even the OpenSSL OpenSSL parts. So we've got just about you know 1,200 lines there. I think there's about 13 files here, 14 files. Uh, the Quick Stream, Quick Session. This is where most of the magic is happening uh, in here. This is, a, I mean, it's a ton of stuff, but let's switch over to look at some code. All right. So in the, this is a test file. It's actually doing quite a bit, and it, you know, it pretty much exercises every part of, of Quick. Let me just kind of walk through uh, some, of what it's, some of what we're seeing here. All right. So 
const create socket require quick. That's going to be your main entry point, right? This create socket is, the th is, is always where you're going to start, whether you're creating a server, whether you're creating a client, doesn't matter. Uh, one of the things that we recently added to, to Node is keylog support. If you, if you use Wireshark, for instance, you can now enable uh, keylogging and use Wireshark to decrypt um, TLS traffic in real time. So you can debug the, the, the flows that are going back and forth. It's absolutely phenomenal. We use it specifically for actually debugging Node itself, um, which, which is great. So we can do that. Here we're creating a server. We're telling it, you know, the server port here, we're going to change this based on whether we have keylogger on or not. Because keylogger always has to be at the same port. But with Node, we run our tests whether it's on a random port. And we, so we want to validate address. What that means is when a quick packet is sent from one endpoint to another endpoint, because of the nature of UDP, you can send one quick packet once, in one moment, and it'll actually take one network path. You can send it again, it'll take a different network path. Uh, you want to make sure that you are validating that a quick packet you receive is actually one you expected from, a, uh, from the intended sender. So there's actually um, address validation that occurs, and it's basically a challenge protocol. That if you receive a packet, right, you can actually issue them a challenge and say, hey, are you really who you, think you, you, know, who you say you are? Right? So that's, that's actually built into the protocol as well. So we have that in here. Uh, this diagnostic packet loss right here is something we add for specifically for debugging to simulate whether a packet gets lost or not. Um, don't, don't use that in production. <laughs> uh, you can create your own. ALPN is how you actually identify your protocol. Right? Uh, it's part of TLS. Uh, it basically, it's, a, it's an extension to the TLS handshake. It's what you actually say, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to speak HP2, right, or HP3, right? Uh, so here, because you can create your own protocols, we can, you can specify whatever you want here. If you specify HP2 or HP3, it'll kick in HP3 semantics. Uh, this is some keylog stuff. Um, all right, so we're telling the server to listen right here. Pretty straightforward. This is just going to tell it to listen on, a, uh, on the port. We, we configured the port earlier. This is going to um, say, I want to listen for server requests at key, you know, with the, uh, the, these uh, TLS details. I want to request a client cert, so the client's going to provide a certificate. Um, I don't want to reject unauthorized, which means, you know, it's okay if the certificate's not trusted. All right. Um, specify a little bit. This max crypto buffer is basically a security mechanism. You don't want to have uh, uh, somebody flooding that, sending too much data. And uh, once, we're, once we're listening, we just say server on session, and then we can actually start responding. Okay? Um, there's some test things in here. I can skip over some of that. But when we actually, when the session is secure, that means the TLS handshake is completed. In this particular case, we create a unidirectional stream. Right? So the client hasn't actually sent anything. All they've done is establish a connection. In this particular case, um, since we're not using HP3, we're just using quick. We're just going to go ahead and create a, a, a stream and send some data. Right? Client ha hasn't actually uh, requested anything at this point. Right? This, is a, this is actually quite powerful when you're creating your own protocols. Right? One of the uh, experimental cases of this, I actually flipped the, the roles where once the connection was established by a client, the server actually started acting as a client requesting data from the, the, the um, requesting data from the client. Right? So it was actually, it was just fun. I was just screwing around. All right. 
So when the session um, receives a, re does receive a stream from the client here, again, it's just, it's just a node stream. That's all it is. Um, so right here, I create, you know, I, I'm create, opening an instance of this file and sending the contents of this file in response. All right? If you've ever used um, uh, streams in Node before, it's, gonna, it's, it's exactly the same. There's nothing different about it. Okay? Um, let's see what else. Um, let's, let's look down here uh, for the... All right, when a server is ready here, I, I go ahead and create the client. So this shows you how to create the client. We're gonna, you know, I'm using a different socket in this case. Uh, but same thing, create socket, pass some details in uh, to actually create the client uh, quick session. We're using this client connect. All right. Um, some other details in here, but when the handshake is complete, we, again, we receive the secure event. And from there, we just write. We come down here to some, this is a bunch of test stuff. From there, you know, uh, we just create the stream, send data on it. Right, very, very, uh, very, very straightforward. Now, if this version of the build is not broken, this should actually work. So hold on. Yes, I develop on Windows. This, this question came up earlier. Why do I develop on Windows and not a Mac? Because the keyboard works. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So it actually worked. Um, all right. So he's here at the end. All right. So we got two quick sockets that were created. They lasted. You know, we, we actually have the duration in, in, in nanoseconds that, are, that existed. We see the number of bytes that were received and sent. Bytes received and sent, packets received, packets received, packets sent. So we had a little bit of packet loss. There was one packet that was lost here. Uh, there were two packets that were, uh, what was it, packets received, packets sent. Yeah, there were two packets that were lost that way. We ignored a couple of them. We ignored one here. And the reason we would ignore a packet is if the, uh, uh, is if the server's being torn down, right? We don't care about it, right? We may ignore it. Or if it's malformed, we may ignore it. Um, collecting these statistics is not something Node has done before. Uh, this is one of the things that, it, that, that they we're actually adding to, so you can actually see all this kind of stuff. Um, let's kind of look through some of the details here. This gives you some really low-level details of, of quick. How much time do I have left? We're good? Okay. All right. Is this, is this interesting? Is it useful? All right. Okay. All right, so quick, every quick, and this is a fun thing with quick. With TCP and HTTP uh, 2, when you have a connection, right, it's actually bound to your IP address, right? So, you know, say if you're, you know, watching a video on your phone and you're on your home Wi-Fi, right, and you, you know, you're, you're taking a walk, right, and it switches over to LTE, right, because your Wi-Fi lost. What happens to your connection, right? It drops. It has to be reestablished. Um, anybody that's been on a Zoom call, right, and, and done that knows it pauses, halts, and then goes through this, this reconnection, right? That's because it is tied to the IP address. That network changes, your IP address changes, you have to reestablish the connection. With quick, every quick 
connection is a social, you know, has what's called a CID, connection ID, that is completely independent of the IP address. So you can chain, you can establish a quick connection now on LTE, switch to Wi-Fi, and the hand, and the, that connection remains valid. You do not have to re-handshake, right? So you know, I've actually tested this. You can switch on, switch the, the the radio on and off, and have you know you'll, you'll see a little bit of lag, right? You get a little bit of latency um, as it tries because it has to redo the path validation, right? And there's going to be some packet loss every time you switch, right? But it doesn't have to re-handshake. You do the TLS handshake once, and it um, and it goes on. The other nice thing about it is there's no time limit, right? There is a maximum number of packets that you can send over a quick connection, but that CID is not time limited. Right? So you can actually have a long-lived connection that's not actually sending data back and forth. Right? So it's not actively using bandwidth, but you're still maintaining the connection, and the handshake remains valid. Right? So you can basically sleep a connection without having to redo the handshake. Uh, there's also TLS restart. So you can tear down the connection, but if you save the key information from that session, right, then you can create a new connection, pass it that handshake, and resume the session, right? So if your connection does get torn down for whatever reason, you just resume it without having to do the full TLS handshake. That's one of, you know, so there's, there's several really cool things about QUIC, uh, and specifically, you know, tied to how they've designed the CID uh, system to work, right? Um, so any, any single connection is actually gonna have multiple CIDs because as the path change, those CIDs are gonna rotate and change. Some, you know, um, some, will, you know some will expire, They'll have new ones, so there's all, you're always going to see a pool of those things. All right, let's see what else. Um, the, the protocol is pretty chatty. And what you'll see is there's a lot of small packets that are being sent, there's a lot of small UDP packets. Um, that is one of the concerns. So Quick is not all roses. It does increase your network bandwidth quite a bit uh, because it's sending out all of these acknowledgments. You're having the data, all of the acknowledgments, all the retransmissions. Uh, if you have a lot of latency, if you have a lot of loss on your on your uh, network segment, you're going to see a lot more traffic, right? So anybody that's planning uh, for you know what bandwidth you're going to use, you're going to see significantly higher bandwidth with Quick, right? All right, but we uh, this is basically just showing. I'm looking at you know from the reverse up. Um, so we received a Quick packet. Uh, we're processing it. Um, let's see right here. So the minimum data rate. Uh, this is interesting. So, so, so th this test showed one of the new capabilities that we have with, with, with Quick in Node uh, that you don't have with any of the other networking protocols is you can actively monitor the data rate and data transfer and the, the, uh, uh, the throughput while the connection is live. All right. So we're doing that here. Um, and it's done as a basically a histogram. You're going to be able to see your percentiles. Um, so you know, how, you know, basically what percentage of your traffic is too slow. Uh, so you can act basically actively respond to slow hosts or slow uh, clients. Let's see what else. I think we're just about done. But yeah, I mean it was it was you know data transferring back and forth. We got uh, it was all successful. Like I said, it is pretty chatty. In here, we're seeing that the um, uh, certificate information was provided. Um, I'm not going to show all that kind of stuff because nobody wants to see an X509 certificate. It's boring as hell. Um, but yeah, so it is working. Uh, it is functional. <laughs> which is good. Last week it wasn't. Um, <laughs> it would get about like a third of the way into this and then just seg fault. 
And I've seen more seg faults on this particular, you know, in this project than I ever have in my entire life, which is absolutely phenomenal. I love it. Um, my, my, my 14 year old was, for Halloween, he was going to go as a seg fault. He was gonna, you know, he was gonna um, start a picture, you know, start printing, a, you know, have just a, have a picture pasted to his chest that was only about halfway um, printed, and then a bunch of, of garbage, and then the word said seg fault uh, on there, which is such a nerd. Anyway, um, that's basically it. Uh, that's quick. Any questions? Yeah. No. So, um, okay. I'm going to say no, but it really depends on how the client is written, right? All right. So you are in complete control. So in case you didn't hear the question, the question was when you know when I flipped the the, the you know the, the relationship from the client and the server, right? You know, so once the connection was established, the server was starting to act as a client. That code that I wrote was basically that the node client was doing whatever I told it to do, right? So you write the code, you you know, yeah, you you you're in complete control of what data is being sent. There's nothing in Node that makes the transfer of data automatic, right? So it's not like when you're talking to like, a, like an Nginx server where you send a request for a file and you get that file back, you know, automatically. That's that's not built in. What we have is, you know, it'll tell you when a connection's been established. It'll tell you when a stream has been created. It is up to you to connect that to actual data. Uh, no, but you know, there are, the, the working group is working through a number of potential issues with Quick. Um, that do reveal information. So like I said, you know, going back to uh, the points about the headers, let me see here, or the layering, right? So the layering is set up so that UDP, Quick looks like normal UDP traffic, and it's gonna have the destination IP, the um, source IP here, right? And there's also a little bit of routing information in the Quick header itself, right? That is visible to the network, right? So there is actually a concern about um, uh, some some privacy and some information becoming visible and being able to do basically statistical analysis on the packets based on where they're coming from. Yes. Yeah. So there is some there, there is some concern there that the, that, the, that the group is working on, but it's you know a lot of it is just going to be endemic into the protocol, yeah. right? You, you, there's not going to be a lot you can do about it because um, of here. But in terms of like user level data, application level data, um, nothing in Node's going to make it automatic. You'll have to wire it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's that, that's just endemic to UDP. So. Um, yes, packet. Uh, th there is acceptable packet loss. Um, um, there has not been, to my knowledge, a ton of experimentation with using Quick with uh, w with video. Right now, I know Google has has done some work with this. Um, there there are some thoughts that it that it, that it will be it'll be a nicer protocol to use. But there's not been real heavy experimentation with it, so it's going to be interesting to see where, kind of where that goes, um, especially with some of the newer features of Quick um, with the flow control um, on there, uh, and the uh, the fragmentation of the data that occurs. It's really not sure what the latency is going to be with video. 
All right, um, but yes, all of the browsers um, are working on support for this. You know, quite a few of them are rolling out experimental. Chrome, uh, I think it's in, it's either Canary or, or, or Beta Channel, um, has, has actually uh, rolled it out uh, there. Uh, so you can, you, know, you can actually start using it there. Uh, and more importantly than the browsers, all of the middle box vendors, uh, Nginx and all the others, have committed to supporting it as well. So unlike HP2, Right, they're all saying, "Yep, we will fully support it," um, and they're fully on board with, with with this approach. But there are a ton of unknowns, particularly around kind of what the uh, what the additional latency might be, or um, kind of uh, high data volume kind of applications. So. <laughs> Right, right. Okay, so the first question, what is the, you know, how, how does the role of the middle boxes change, right? So in like Nginx. Right now, Nginx, one of our recommendations with Node is you always put like an Nginx in front of it to basically act as the TLS terminator, right? So, you, you, you know, if you have a secure connection, it comes into the t, uh, to Nginx because it's able to handle that much more efficiently than Node can, right? Uh, if you try to TLS terminate on Node, it just absolutely kills the performance of Node, right? And part of that is the way that the HP2 or HP1, HP2, uh, and just the TLS stack in Node is written, right? Um, like I said, it's, it's, most of it's written in C, C++, C++ and then there's the JavaScript. Uh, when you have a TLS connection come in, there's a lot of bouncing back and forth across the, the C++ and the JavaScript boundary that occurs, and that is extremely slow, okay? Uh, so we tell everyone, just put Nginx in front of it. One, Nginx is um, more hardened, right? There's a lot, you know, a fewer chance of uh, security issues, that kind of thing. With Quick, right, that changes somewhat. We do have TLS built in. There's no way around having, uh, you know, doing a TLS termination at Node, right? The difference is with Quick, we do all of the TLS at the native layer. No part of it happens at the JavaScript layer. Okay, there's none of that bouncing back and forth. So it is significantly faster to do that TLS termination with Quick in Node than it was before. Now, the way that Quick works, building it into the protocol, into the packets, the middle boxes don't actually have to do a TLS termination anymore. They can route those packets without ever actually seeing into them, right? They don't have to terminate. They can just take the packet, pass it on to Node, and Node, could be, uh, and Node can do the, 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 the TLS. You can you know, do all that writing. So the role of the middle box changes somewhat in that it, it, there's less that it actually has to do. It can just look at the packet, forward it where it needs to go. The, the only difference to that, the only uh, qualification of that, is if it wants to do HTTP header-based routing. So if it actually wants to look at the request, right, and then it has to do more. But if all it's doing is passing things around, right, there's significantly less that it has to do. Okay. Um, Second part of your question, just refresh my memory. Second question was, uh, in terms of like TCP, Ah, right. Right, right. Okay, so the trade-off between the TCP with all the flow control and acknowledgements and all that stuff and, and UDP with the, 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 you know, all the same stuff layered in is the lack of the head of line blocking. That's the only difference. So with TCP, right, it blocks, everything stops until you've sent it. With the UDP and Quick, you can keep flowing everything else and then just retransmit the things that are lost. The problem with that, right, 
is that with UDP, if you're doing a lot of retransmissions, you're sending the data once, you're sending it again, you're sending all the control uh, information, you can, uh, and the control information, the acknowledgements themselves can get lost, right? They're just UDP packets, right? So even the acknowledgements have acknowledgements, right? So you end up seeing a significant amount of additional bandwidth being used with all this additional data being um, sent over the wire. So no head of line blocking, but higher bandwidth, and that's the trade-off. Any other questions? Yep, yep. So yeah, the question about buffering. So in theory, the way Quick is um, designed, like if you took the flow control piece out of it, you could send the entire stream of data in a completely random order, in which case you end up having to buffer everything, right? And you can very quickly run into issues. This is specifically why the flow control mechanism is put into place, right? So flow control basically gives you a window, and the window is a very specific size, and initially it's very small. You can only send me data that fits within this window, and every packet is sent is given a size and an offset, so I'm sending basically from this point in the stream this amount of data, right? So the buffering only is, is tied specifically to the flow control window, right? So my window is here. You can only fill this buffer. If you send me anything outside that buffer, any, anything outside that window, I'm going to ignore it. It's just going to, you know, it's just, it's, I'm going to treat it, I'm not even going to acknowledge, acknowledge it. It's going to be treated as if it's just a lost packet. From the sender's point of view, they'll just resend it, right? And, and if, you, if you're not actually fitting within that flow control window, if you're not adjusting it, it just ends up still being lost, right? From the receiver's point of view, though, they're, 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 just, they're actively protecting that you're only going to give me this much instead of me having to protect the, with this much. Now, it's still a concern, though. Um, buffering, um, the, the memory requirements uh, are something that are still being figured out, right, to see just how, how fine-tuned it needs to be or how much of an impact it's going to be. Specifically within Node, um, it's something that we're going to be testing extensively before we bring it out of experimental. <laughs> Uh, it's, it is dynamic. Um, so it's dynamic at, through the course of, uh, as the, the session progresses, it will adjust dynamically and the, the user code can adjust it. So the user code will actually be able to determine, within Node, the way that we're doing it, um, there's, uh, streams have back pressure, right? Um, and basically it's, it, you know, we control the flow of data based on how you're consuming it, right? The way that we do it, the way that translates into Quick is as you are consuming the data on the JavaScript side within Node, it is sending the flow control streams over quick. So if you're not reading data, right, you're not expanding the flow control window, the client will be told to stop sending, uh, right? As you read data, right, the flow control window expands and the client is told to resume. Um, yes and no. So we're limited by, uh, uh, so IPv4 and IPv6 have slightly different maximum packet sizes uh, to avoid fragmentation of the packets. Um, the, the thing that will absolutely kill performance more than anything else are fragmenting the IP packets, right? So we want to keep those, all quick packets need to fit within those, within those limits, right? So that's where we try to stick to. Now we can fill anything up to those limits, but the smaller the packets we send, the chattier it is. 
right? And the more, uh, basically, the, the additional latency we're going to have. So what Quick tries to do is pack as much, you know, you can have as many what are called individual frames within a single packet as you can. A frame is like, a con you know, you'd have a con control frame, like a, a flow control window expand, right? Or another frame may be a TLS uh, um, encryption frame, right? Another one might be a data frame for a stream, right? We try to fit as many of those into a single packet as we can. All right. Are there any other any other questions before we wrap it up? Fantastic. This has been fun. Thanks. All right. That was a really good talk. Um, it was really incredible um, watching James speak because I, as I was there, I caught myself a few times thinking am I actually understanding what he's saying? Because I don't think I should be. But I did. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed that. And tune in next week for our Gantt Laborde interview. It's really, really fun. Follow me on Twitter, John Hoppenthal. More importantly, follow Duct Tapes on Twitter, Duct Tapes FM, on Instagram, Duct Tapes FM, and visit the website, ducttapes.fm. Thanks everybody. Goodbye. Bonus ep bonus ep bonus episode. Powered by Vincent. Quack quack.